likes my Spock. <laughs> oh my god, we got Billy Crystal on the podcast for the Howl's Moving Castle episode. <laughs> that was Billy Crystal if Billy Crystal smoked five packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> if Billy Crystal was um, biologically female. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but this is our podcast. Welcome. It's called The Swamp. It's an acronym! <laughs> Stands for some whack-ass movie podcasting. And today is, um, what is it, the second installment of movies that you guys suggested yeah, we, for this month. Yeah, we were lazy this month, and we said, hey, make decisions for oh. us. And so we just mostly did it by, like, frequency, and so two mm-hmm. of you suggested Howl's Moving Castle. Shouts mm-hmm. out to at Caitlin.Pinnell and at Ivana Milan, both from Instagram, wrote in and said, hey, do Howl's Moving Castle, which I'm sure we have referenced how badly we've wanted to do this movie, like, yeah. a thousand times. People are like, God, just do it already. So here we are. Um, I think it's no secret that both of our, us are Studio Ghibli, like, fanatics. Uh, honestly, yeah. even the bad ones are still so good to me. I don't know. Have you ever seen Porco Rousseau? No, I haven't seen... I knew you were gonna say that. I've never seen that one. I Fucking can't even say... That movie. I don't even know if any of the ones I've seen are, like, I would categorize as even being, like, less than amazing. I feel like I've really mm-hmm. only seen the, the hits, you know? Um, but this being one of them, and I know this is one of your, like, faves of all time, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I think it loses me a little more each time I watch it, just because I think the story is a little bit messy for me. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm always comparing it to Spirited Away, where the story is very, like, one through line, kind of. Mm-hmm. This bounces around a little bit. I do love this movie, um, and I have, like, a soft spot for, um, old people, so Grandma Sophie really just does something for me. See, I hate old people, but I also hate children, and I hate people my age, too, so I really can't <laughs> say it's an age thing. Um, I'm trying to get better, though, about liking kids, because I feel like that's, like, a, that's, like, a red flag a lot of times, is <laughs> when people, like, don't fuck with kids. I'm, like, trying to be better No, about that. I don't think so. I think that's... I think that's definitely something that's popping up more in our generation, so I wouldn't say it's a red flag, really. I think people are just being more realistic about how annoying kids are. Yeah, or just, like, I don't know how to talk to them. Like, they're just telling me about some shit I don't care about, and I'm like, I cannot pretend... I can't, like, get on that level of, like... I also hate when people talk down to kids in the way that's like, oh, I'm doing a baby voice. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna talk yeah. to you like you're an adult. But also, that makes me kind of unlikable to you, which is, like, super fair. No, I think treating them like... Talking to them like an adult and, like, treating them like an adult is, like, a really good thing. But I also have no sense of, like, what's the difference between a 7-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old? Like, they all look the same to me, which is really yeah. tough. So, would you have hated Markle, then, if you were in the <sighs> Howl's Moving Castle universe? Like, would maybe... Would you have hated maybe little, little baby bit. Josh Hutcherson voicing this kid? I straight up, like, until fairly recently, did not fact-check myself on my wholehearted belief that that was the voice of Aang from The Last Airbender. It just sounds just like him. If you do not know that that's Josh Hutcherson, it sounds just like Aang. Mm-hmm. I swear. Especially the laugh. Like, the, like, boyish, yeah. childish laugh. Ha ha ha! Oh, it gave me that so much. And I really feel like it was until I saw a TikTok of, like, baby Josh Hutcherson, like, doing the voiceover. And they were like, look uh-huh. how little he was. He was so cute. I was like, oh my god. That's Josh Hutcherson? Yeah. Was he Aang? Crazy, right? <laughs> but I knew, I knew that that wasn't true. Yeah. 
He probably would have done a good job. I thought he did a fantastic job as yeah. a voice actor in this movie. All of the voice acting is really good, and especially, I feel like, as my through-line criticism, that they shouldn't get Hollywood people to be, like, mm-hmm. voice... Like, get voice actors to do voice roles. Don't get yeah. big Hollywood people. But the, the interesting dichotomy between Studio Ghibli having Japanese voice actors to do the original, and then they hand it over to Disney, who is responsible for the dub, and Disney has all the money to get big-name stars to be the dub actors, which is just what Disney does. So that's why in movies like Ponyo, you have, like, Noah Cyrus and Frankie Jonas and, like, those, I mean, not that they were big stars, mm-hmm. but they were, like, very much involved in Disney. But, like, knowing that Disney was responsible for the American distribution of these movies makes mm-hmm. so much sense as to why yeah. they shelled out for, like, why the fuck does Christian Bale need to be in this movie? Like, he doesn't, but... Well... But he does. You said fantastic voice acting, and I disagree. I don't think Christian Bale was a good fit for this. <gasps> I no, I don't loved think so. it. Hate it. I, <laughs> not, I not hate it. I think the first half is pretty bad and pretty bland. Um, and I get it. Everyone thirsts over the, that's my girl and all that shit. I hate it. I hate it. Oh my God. I think everyone runs circles around him in this movie, especially grandma, Sophie, especially Billy Crystal as Calcifer. Oh yeah. Anyone else? I'll give that to you. I think everyone else is doing the inflection of, well, like, Billy Crystal is also, I mean, does voice acting. He was Mike yeah, Wazowski. Yeah. He's kind of always animated in that way. Of course. Um, I think they got a voice actor to be Sophie and Grandma Sophie. I didn't recognize. I didn't Um, Grandma Sophie was, she was like an older Hollywood star kind okay. of thing. That's why maybe I so. just assumed that she was like... I also, though, do feel like people who have stage acting experience are better with voice stuff because you kind of have to have that, like, animated big yeah. projection for, mm-hmm. like... Or even in older movies, where it's like, now it's not as much... I don't know. I just think of the way that, like, old <laughs> movies, the way the cadence in which they talk is so unusual compared to, like, Oh, my God, yeah, like, what is it now- called? The, um... This was it the South Atlantic act or whatever Mid Atlantic what the Mid Atlantic yeah wild but also the thing that was a little confusing to me was that Grandma Sophie was British or Grandma Sophie was American but Young Sophie was British or something like just the the, the accent switch I got the old young which was like perfect but there was like an like a slight accent switch between them which really threw me off a little bit they were both british i think well then if they were british though then why the fuck was howell american why were they having christian bale doing an american accent that made not a lick of sense to me this time around i was like trying to be super conscious of it (laughs) and i was like why are they having i like christian bale in this role i do think he adds to like the moody intrigue and i almost hear like his character from american psycho like just a little bit because he's doing that american accent which like Makes it funny because it's just more in the like I'm a I'm a moody guy like I'm a drama queen yeah. kind of way and I I'm thirsty for Howell I'm thirsty for Christian Bale as Howell consider my castle moved like pfft, I'm sorry I bought here's into my it. thing here's my thing here's my thing is when you meet Howell he's in this beautiful jacket long blonde hair obviously supposed to be like this gorgeous man and then you hear christian bale's like deep batman voice or whatever that's a twink (laughs) that voice doesn't belong to him (laughs) yeah i guess i guess i agree with you a little bit that there's kind of that disconnect there but i always feel a little disconnect with the dub 
you know, the dub versus the sub. I feel yeah, like when you're course. doing a dub, you're never gonna... It's always gonna feel a little off, you know, no matter mm-hmm. no matter how good the voice acting is, it just feels just a, a hair disconnected. So I chalked it up to that, but I guess, yeah, I, I guess I understand your criticism. I just was thirsty for it. Throw me uh, a bone. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I don't know. I also wasn't really impressed by Emily Mortimer, who plays young Sophie in the dub. Also, super bland. Didn't do anything for me there. Not a ton of lines, though, and I would way rather young Sophie kind of suck than old Sophie. The fact that she fucking killed it, I didn't even care. And I honestly really liked the audio mixing points where they kind of shifted in between her being old and young, especially visually, too, how she kind of morphs back Mm -hmm. and forth a little bit. I liked the the switching of her voice as well, just because that kind of aided in all that. And I didn't find it distracting, which I really think you easily could... It could have been, like, clunky and awkward, but it, it ended up actually, like flowing quite nicely and i thought was a a well-done job which maybe having someone kind of boring makes that easier than like two Mm -hmm. really distinct characterized voices going back and forth might have been a bit more jarring but but yeah i agree she was not really that notable maybe it's just because i knew it was christian bale and i was like uh but (laughs) (laughs) but gene simmons um who is a british actress um, famous for Guys and Dolls, Spartacus, and then I guess she did, like, a, ha- a Hamlet in ni- 1948, um, was the one that did Grandma Sophie. And she is, like, the standout voice actor for me in this film. I thought it was, fan- like, just spectacular. And Grandma Sophie, as a protagonist, I think we can get into a little recap in a second, but her as a protagonist, I think, is such a interesting choice for Hayao Miyazaki. He does a lot of, like, female-led films, like, a lot of his protagonists are women, but they're all, like, like young girls. But though. making her old, or at least a young girl who turns old and then like finds a certain confidence and like self assuredness in being older is is so interesting and so like goes against what a lot of movies do tell you, which is that like youth is prime and old like getting old is a burden. And the fact mm-hmm. that she like I don't know kind of comes into her own and ends up being way more animated and I actually never really thought to chalk it up to the voice actors but even yeah her voice feels more like her own when she is an old woman which is something mm-hmm. I don't think we ever see in movies especially in American never. movies like old women mm-hmm. are always like witches like victims that we're supposed to pity or like mm-hmm. like I don't know it's never they never really have like a strong voice or a sense of character and they certainly are never the protagonists of movies like hardly ever God, no. um, yeah. so yeah I just thought that this was really cool and Hayao Miyazaki mm-hmm. fucking cool guy yeah well I'm wondering if that was like his choice or I know this was a book beforehand which I didn't realize um, until this watch around so I really I need to do a little more research on like the book to movie adaptation and what is like super true to both of them. So I don't know too much about it. I've never read the book, but the book is from the eighties, I think. And yeah, it's definitely it's like 84, 86. It's a super loose connection. I mean, not super mm-hmm. loose, but it is the same general plot, but like the original book has nothing to do with a war. Like it is not about that at all. So it's, it takes a lot of the same characters and sort of like the same maybe sort of motives or vibes and very much places it into a very different context. Um, So I've heard that there's like not a ton of, you know, continuity between the book and the movie and that a lot of people who really love the book are pretty critical of this movie of being like, this is not like, you did not make this book into a movie. You just took 
the idea of this book and then did whatever you wanted with it. And I yeah, guess well, that's what a lot of movies do. Yeah, but the um the witch, what's her name? The the big witch who then turns old or whatever. The witch of the waste. The witch of the waste. She <laughs> is like the main protag or uh-huh. antagonist in the book. Like like they are fighting her the whole time and that weird sort of turn in the middle like that doesn't happen and there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. shifting and and different things going on so i Mm -hmm. have heard that the book from what i understood also like the characterization howl is very different you know sophie's very different um but i Mm -hmm. i think she becomes old in the book but i could be wrong about that but from what my surface level wikipedia knowledge is that it's like Similar in idea, not in, like, structure or storytelling. Also checks out, like, you're gonna let Hayao Miyazaki do whatever the fuck he wants, you know? Yeah, true. So. The motivation for this movie, I think, is so cool. I Obviously, you get the anti-war criticism that this movie sort of has at the core of it. It's like, that war is bad, and we are exploring that as, sort of as a topic in this, like, somewhat high fantasy world. But it's pretty interesting to me. I was reading a little bit about, um like, his motives for making this movie were because he won the Oscar for Spirited Away in 2001. And when he ex- accepted the award, he has said something about, like, I feel a little bit conflicted about this because, like, I don't really agree with a lot of american like politics basically mm-hmm. and he and he was like i am like a pacifist i don't really fuck with i mean he didn't say that but he was like i don't really fuck with a lot of like what america's got going on so the fact that you mm-hmm. guys are awarding my movie which like inherently i always try to put my beliefs into my art he's like it's a little bit strange to me and i don't know how to feel about this but like thank you for the award great and then we went ahead and invaded iraq um, and he was like, yeah. absolutely, I'm not into that. So then he specifically made this movie to be a critique on the American-Iraq War, which started in mm. 2003, and this movie came out in 2004, so very shortly after. And he specifically yeah. was like, I hope this movie does not resonate with Americans. He's like, this mm. is not a movie made for an American audience. I mean, he didn't say it that blatantly, but he basically was like, y'all yeah. loved my shit, now I'm critiquing you, so if you're gonna keep loving it, look inward, basically. Like, mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I think is so cool. He was, like, super into unionizing all of his workplaces, too. Like, every yeah. every animation studio he worked at, he was like, let's all unionize. And everyone was like, you know, all <laughs> the guys upstairs were like, oh my god, why did we hire him? Um, but I really think he hits the nail on the head. Oh, absolutely. I think it's so interesting, especially Japanese media, I would say, takes, like, animated or, like, things that are meant to be, like, quote-unquote, for kids. And has these, like, really heavy themes or, like, these really important, especially anti-war, especially with Japan, anti-war, like, motifs mm-hmm. in media for kids that I don't think, as Americans, we would ever think to put in front no of chance. our kids just because we are so, like, put up the blinders, don't talk about that kind of stuff. But, like, so much anime is about, like, the horrors of war. This movie, yeah. like, a lot of, I don't know, like, animated stuff that's like, oh, it's so pretty, that's for kids. But it's like, no, let's we're talking about something, like, fairly serious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just think that that's interesting. Interesting, especially Japan being, I don't want to say, like, the most affected by American violence and evil, but, like, if we're going to give a top three countries who've been fucked by America, Japan is certainly in that top three. Yeah. And the fact that, I don't know, that they have all of these really strong values in their media and that we are like, oh my god, I love it, is very, like, I mean, in a modern sense, not as bad, but still, like, okay, let's, yeah, let's look inward for a second, because... The reason they're so critical is because of us, so... Yeah, but do we want to give a little recap really quick? Yeah, run it. Yeah, okay, so um, 
movie starts, it's giving um, European nation, it's giving England specifically, if you ask me. I can tell it's like the middle of war. There's a lot of propaganda, a lot of soldiers. You meet um, this young girl, Sophie. She's working at a hat shop, um, very insecure, very kind of like lone wolfy kind of thing. Like just the introvert that you all knew like in high school. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, she she very much, like, says out loud, like, I'm not one of the pretty girls, like, multiple yeah. times. And uh-huh. she, she feels kind of homely and just, I don't know. Yeah. She doesn't relate to her peers as much, especially we see that she has this, like, really pretty outgoing sister. So there's, and her yeah. mom is just, like, the sister. So yeah. we, we very much see that she maybe grew up as sort of the, like, didn't fit in kind of one. Yeah. Think Beth March from Little Women. Definitely that vibe. Um, but so she's just minding her own business, walking through town. Um, she starts getting heckled by some soldiers. Um, and then this beautiful man comes to her aid and says, Hey, leave my girlfriend alone. And then he like sorcerers them out of there, basically. Um, and then, I mean, they've kind of hinted at this wizard howl, um, a, a few times throughout the movie at this point. Um, but you kind of recognize that, oh, this must be howl. He's being chased by this other, like, these henchmen of another wizard kind of thing. And so they end up, like, floating through the air, through town kind of thing. And that's how it all starts. Um, and pretty soon after the Witch of the Waste, um, you find out it was her henchmen that were following Howl. She shows up at Sophie's work, um, starts insulting her up and down. Being like, your shitty little hat shop, you tacky bitch. <laughs> She's like, you know what's tacky? You. <laughs> um, and Sophie's like, please leave. She said, mm, I don't think so. Casts a spell on her. Makes her an old woman, basically. Um, and the whole uh, deal with this spell is that you can't tell anyone about it. So Sophie's like, fuck, what do I do? And she's, like, in a 90-year-old woman's body. So she's like, okay, I got it. Gonna go find this bitch. Gonna go to the waste. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna get her to reverse this spell on me. Um, Ends up essentially running into Howell's castle. Um, She meets this scarecrow. She calls him Turniphead. He basically brings Howell's castle to her. And she kind of just nuzzles her way in there says, um, meets the fire demon that moves the castle. His name is Calcifer, um, voiced by Billy Crystal. Um, and then she kind of just decides to crash there. She's like, fuck it. I'll just be the cleaning lady. Um, Hires herself. It's like showing up to a workplace and being like, oh yeah, I work. Yeah, I got hired. I work here. But like fully nobody hired you. I think that's how all bartenders start. I'm convinced. They just show up Uh and are like, I work here now. And they're like already shaking a drink. And the the Uh owner's just like, yeah. Right. It's, like, exactly the plot of Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> She's like, you're gonna give me a job. Calcifer is like, alright, I guess we're giving you a job. Um, and then you meet Markle, who is this little sorcerer in training under Howell. And eventually Howell comes back to his house, doesn't recognize Sophie because she's 90 years old now. Um, is just kind of going along with it. He's like, fuck it, I guess I got a cleaning lady now. Um, a little hijinks ensues. 
Um, she changes his, or she, like, mixes up his hair dye. He gets really emo. You get the impression that, like, Howell keeps changing into this, like, creepy bird thing, using his magic to fight the war and everything. Um, but, like, not that, for like, either side. Like, he just goes out no. and fucks shit up, like, no matter what. And then he comes out, he's like, I hate the war. And you're like, buddy, you're going out there participating every day. What are you doing? He gets all these letters, like, from the kingdoms that he respectively uh-huh. lives in. He's under a bunch of pseudonyms, so he gets all these, basically, mm. messages being like, hey, as a, you know, magic-wielding individual, we need your help in the war. And he mm. basically is like, nah, I'm not into that, which one of the... <laughs> like, head people is, like, his former, like, uh, trainer. Sorcerer master, yeah. Yeah, basically. They hatch this plan that Sophie is gonna go as, like, one of his um, false identities, like, as his mother or whatever, um, and, like, be like, oh, sorry, my little bitch of a son didn't want to show up. You don't want uh, him to fight your war. He's such a bitch. He couldn't even... He's such a pussy. He couldn't even show up for jury duty. You really think he's gonna <laughs> volunteer for the military? Absolutely not. Uh-huh. But again, more hijinks ensues. Their plan goes awry. Howell's left fighting. Sophie, like, goes back to the castle. Um, now they have the Witch of the Waste, who is, like... Old. This... Old and decrepit. And this dog that they picked up as well. Um, also Old. Also, also, also a little decrepit. Oh, yeah. Um, and Howell ends up coming back. He's like, here, let me pimp out the castle. Pimps out the castle. Like, makes it very homely for everyone's, or like, just like a home for everyone so that they can, um, all live together. Cause they're a family now. Which, like, bitch, so- <laughs> you were living in Skullwaller up until <laughs> yesterday. And then you snap your little fingies and say, uh-huh. home improvement. Extreme home makeover. Right. I'm one of the... Where was this energy before? One of the property brothers. He just, like, showed... Bobby from Queer Eye. He just decks that shit the fuck out. And then I'm like, if I were Sophie, I'd be like, I'm so fucking done. I've been out here dusting and sweeping and cleaning. And you could have just snapped Mm -hmm. your little thingies and been like, mansion. For real. He brings her to the the field of flowers. And he basically gives her this gift. Where he's like, hey, we have this beautiful you know, door that can bring you to this field of flowers. I made it just for you. It's a place for my childhood that's really special to me. And she's like, I can tell that this means you are leaving. And he's like, maybe just for a little bit, but you're right, I am leaving. Basically because he's, like, slowly morphing. The more he turns into a bird human, the less human he becomes. And at one point, he's going to turn into a bird and not be able to turn back, which is, like, a Mm -hmm. big thing. And it's almost like his, like, lust for violence to participate in this war regardless of what side is kind of consuming him as this like mm-hmm. bird identity is consuming him and she is like kind of falling in love with him or at least like has this great affection for him where she's like yeah. i want him to you know stay and take care of himself but he's kind of like i have this greater purpose like which is what like let's you know let's break down that for a second but like toxic masculine men will never go to therapy <laughs> no exactly why would you ever make an appointment with better help when you could just <laughs> join the army <laughs> This is not sponsored, but that is a good piece of advice. <laughs> but basically, he keeps burning up. Um, <laughs> he's burning up and going in, and she is kind of left to this house, and they're basically like, we're going to go find him, but the house is also, like, kind of falling apart, right? Am I getting this mm-hmm. right as far as the timeline yeah. goes? And basically, she's been taking care of this old witch of the waste and this dog and Markle, and they're kind of like, we're going to figure out our shit with Howell. Mm-hmm. And then 
they basically find him, or, like, she finds him as, like, a full-on bird. Like, he is birded yeah. the fuck out. And she's like, oh, my God, uh-huh. maybe it's too late. Um, but she goes through the door back to the valley. She, like, basically travels in time, sees young Howell, like, essentially eat a falling star, which you start to understand, like, he pulls out, like, his heart and it's calcifer, Basically, and she's like, "Oh shit, I know how to fix Howell now." And then, as she's um, falling like through the ground, because basically, like she fucking creates a black hole. But she's like, "Come find me," which is a really fun mm-hmm. little thing that creates the movie in an entire time loop. Which is why I find it really mm-hmm. fun to rewatch because basically, she's like, "Come find me in the future. I know how to save you." And then mm-hmm. when uh, you know, back to the does. very beginning, mm-hmm. Howell finds her, and he goes, "Oh, I've been looking for you," because it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I have been looking for you," yeah. which. Yeah. Um, but then the, the you know the movie kind of ends with them kind of realizing their you know bond and affection for each other. But then she kisses the um, the turnip scarecrow, and he turns into the prince. And True Love's kiss mm-hmm. turns the scarecrow mm-hmm. into the man who conveniently is the prince from the captured neighboring kingdom, which is what mm-hmm. set the whole war off to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they're like they thought he was kidnapped, but really he had just been you know put under a spell and turned into a scarecrow mm-hmm. and he's like oh my god sophie you're my true love even though you're an old woman um but they're like oh she's like mm, yeah like that's great we can end the war and all that mm-hmm. bullshit but like uh i'm with my bird husband and then they're like <laughs> oh we love each other and then she becomes young mm-hmm. and now she has like a really cute like sort of daenerys targaryen sort of white hair micro bang mm-hmm. little bob moment she's rocking it and um yeah but the whole point is kind of that they all fell in love with her when she was an old woman and even though she's young again, she's it's sort of as like it's who you are on the inside and the fact that they all felt such a, a desire and a connection to, to this really sweet old lady, it's like that's who she was the whole time, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, I think it's gorgeous. I love at the end though, um, how her and Howell have the exact same haircut. Oh my god, it's like lesbian couples who slowly start to look I was more and more literally like just each about other. I was Oh my god, I was literally about to say, I'm like, that is a lesbian couple. <laughs> That is a lesbian couple. Which that is a gay. You know, you know when like I always hate when people are like in a straight relationship and then they're like, but it's so gay. It feels so gay. Like it's such gay vibes. I'm like, this is straight. This is. I mean, you can both be gay, but this is a heterosexual relationship. This I'll give a pass to. This is a gay relationship. Which like. I feel like Howl is so transcoded. Like we can get into that, but like. I- I feel like there's this really great point that I haven't made, but other people have made, that's, like, movies can be what you bring to them, and then whatever the movie, like, reflects of that is your own interpretation. So it's, like, if you want to bring your queerness to a a cinema experience and you find it reflected even a little bit in that movie, even if it's Mm -hmm. not super, like, canonical, if you feel that somewhere, then, like, that's valid, right? That's your interpretation and viewing of the movie. And that's how so much I feel about, like, the gender bendy androgyny of Howell as a character. Like, if you mm-hmm. as, like, a trans or androgynous or, like, gender non-conforming person want to, like, project that onto Howell, oh my god, you're valid, because it is so yeah. there. Like, it is, the material is there. I I have never seen a more non-binary coded, but still, they still, you know, it's, they're not going quite that far because it's uh-huh. 2003, but, like, come on. Yeah. Look. Look at look at this person. He shows yeah. up in like a clowny looking trench coat and then throws a mega diva meltdown when his hair is not the way he likes it. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. baby boy. Me too. <laughs> Drama queen. Mm-hmm. I love it. Who, okay, so who, I want to ask who you feel um, most connected with as a character in this movie. <laughs> Can I say, like, the old dog? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, because I was actually oh, also going to say Heen. I was wa- well, I was watching this and I was sitting there. I was like, the Witch of the Waste when she's old and decrepit, and Heen is literally me and Dara. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Also, yeah, the Witch of the Waste for sure, which is in her like dementia-ridden state. Like I love. Uh, I would say she's like. Oh, I love the cute boys. Oh my god, <laughs> while she's smoking a pipe. <laughs> like I wish I was a howl. Or even, like, I cannot even begin to say I wish I was a Sophie, because I truly do not, like, I am not an empath. I do not have compassion in me. Like, I wish I did, but I simply Mm -hmm. do not. But, like, I do feel calcifer in the way that it's, like, I'm gonna complain Uh about every task I have to do. Oh, yeah. But, honestly, I think he Uh was valid to complain, and I am not. Like, calcifer is, like, I'm running this (laughs) entire, like, house on wheels by myself, Mm -hmm. and I'm a three-inch tall flame, like get on my level but he's like i am gonna bitch and moan about it which is relatable but yeah i think i'm heen just in the way that i'm like an old dog with weird bird feet and i'm just like trying my best to hang out (laughs) he does he has like the same feet as as the castle the castle has weird bird feet and he has weird bird feet yeah what about you 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 feel also like heen heen yeah a hundred percent i could see you as the old witch of the waste and me as heen <laughs> if we if we if we ever need a costume for like maybe maybe we'll do another like halloween podcast Ooh, mm-hmm. again um where we live stream and we're just dressed up as them that would be really fun i think that'd be a lot of effort who's, though who's henry then i feel like henry would be calcifer because he's cooking he's yeah. he's in the oh, kitchen yeah, absolutely he's cooking you mm-hmm. know um Henry does give Calcifer, actually. And I feel like Maya is Howl, because Maya would rock a blonde Howl, or even a, oh, or even a brown hair Howl, but, like, if Maya went full... Yeah. I am desperate for Emily's partner, Maya, to go full-on bleach blonde, because, like, they've done, like, some, mm-hmm. like, highlights and some, like... Because they have pretty dark hair, like me. They have gorgeous hair. But I want, like, a, a bleached outlook in the a bleach brows. If Maya got bleached mm-hmm. brows and bleach hair, oh my god, I just... I can see it. I just can see it. Yeah, they're they're going lighter like every time. So hopefully, by the time Halloween rolls around, we can mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll, see, we'll we'll whittle them down we're, a little bit. We're also, um, Emily and I are going to New York City Comic Con in October. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. I know you and Maya have a cosplay prepared, but Henry and I do not. So if anyone has any funny suggestions for like movie. Or just, like, what would be appropriate at Comic-Con-type cosplays. I'm, like, ready to go balls to the wall with it, but I just, like, haven't landed on an idea. So if you have, like, a two-person, medium-sized adult man and woman who are married idea, please uh, send it to me. Because I'm still, like, really waffling about it. But anyways, and I, I like, I'm... You should you should actually just be um, all of the trinkets in Howell's room. Oh my god, you know that TikTok sound that's like, a little space for my trinkets. trinkets. My trinkets. Trinkets. Sophie showed up, and she really said, bitch, you live like this? Damn. <laughs> have you ever, like, I mean, I know you have two boy roommates right now, but they actually seem pretty, like, normal in the way that they, like, take care of themselves. Have you ever lived with people who live in squalor? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Presently. Because 
I mean, not to say that I had it worse than you, because I was a squatter. I wasn't, like, a, an official roommate, but I was uh-huh. there, like, 90% of the time, even though I didn't pay rent. But I did clean, and I bought groceries, so I will say I contributed. Mm-hmm. But I lived with four boys. You were basically Grandma Sophie. I was Grandma Sophie. I lived with four boys, Henry being one of them, and then his three roommates. I just, like, I would be like, okay, I have to, like, prove my worth to these, like, college boys. So I'm, like, I'm gonna, like, clean their kitchen, right? Which is, like, literally uh-huh. Grandma Sophie being like, okay, I guess I'll clean up. I was like, okay, I yeah. guess I'll pick up after all, like, this, like, bong dust and soot that's, like, traveling a snail <laughs> yeah. trail through. Like, I cannot believe... <laughs> I think I'm, like, fairly messy, and I've lived with other girls uh-huh. who are fairly messy. You do not understand the level of squalor and filth that early 20-something boys are willing to just lay in Oh my god, it's yeah. insane. Don't get me wrong, like, I don't clean my toilet as often as I probably should, and I've got all of my little knickknacks all fucking strewn around my room. There's, like, a pile of laundry that hasn't been folded, but it's not, like, dirty laundry on the floor, kind of. No, no, no. Kind of. These boys would, like, order Chick-fil-A, forget about it, and then leave it by the front door for weeks. Like, that kind of... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, like, that kind of energy. Yeah, like, literal, like, ashing cigarettes on the coffee table. Like, energy is, <laughs> like, so fucked up. I feel like that's, like, when you're... I didn't have a very traditional, like, college experience, but I can only imagine, uh-huh. like, being invited to, like, a boy's place to, like, hook up and, like, looking around and being uh-huh. like, you live like this? <laughs> I'm in danger. You're, I'm gonna catch something just from being in this <laughs> space. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, horrific. No, I did like that depiction, though. Um, but, like, something about the animation in that scene, too, in Howl's oh Bedroom, god. just made my brain burr. Which, I don't want to say it's, like, his magnum opus, because he's really, he's done a lot of great work, but truly, the animation in that scene is giving me, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, Yubaba's sort of space in... Um, spirited away how it's like yeah. all those really intricate yeah. like interior design details I'm like how like for Howl's Moving Castle they just dialed that up to fucking 110 and mm-hmm. it is so like visually rich Gorgeous. that you can hardly even concentrate on anything like mm-hmm. they pan over to him and he's got little stuffies on his bed yeah I was gonna say like, that yeah every little detail his little emo boy I could literally pause it and look at it for like mm-hmm. I don't want to say hours but like just visually mm-hmm. dissecting what like Howell's bedroom is that's truly every teenage girl's dream is to just cover the walls in like gemstones and bullshit and newspaper clippings and be like a little cave of like personalized sadness who is it but my mom jen why do i sing intro music when i know that i'm later gonna manually add in the harp intro music like, i was just about to say that why do i do i just don't know what to say it's double mm-hmm. intro music for jen i guess but she's here to host her interim podcast segment chocolate or vanilla she's gonna say two things we're all gonna say which one we like better jen she's also my mom i don't know if i said that jen how are you this week and what is the theme if any um i am really good how are you guys i'm all right i'm hanging in there i'm in the middle of moving so moving sucks that sucks yeah it's a lot there is a theme and it is um all these are movies that have three words in the title nice (laughs) we're getting back to basics here a loose theme if you will love it fast and loose come on let's go baby (laughs) all right chocolate or vanilla chocolate vanilla chocolate uh chocolate vanilla or strawberry Chocolate. Vanilla. I'm going to go strawberry today. I'm in that mood. Um, first one. A Bug's Life or Muppet Treasure Island? Ooh. 
Was that really good? Um, I'm gonna say Muppet Treasure Island. I feel, feel like I just got a default to Muppets on Muppets. Yeah, I don't think Bugs Life left that much of an impression on me. I think the ride at Universal left more of an impression, or no, Disney left yeah. more of an impression on me. Um, so I'll say Muppets Treasure Island. Have you been to any movie theaters that have done, like, the 4D thing, like, where your seat no, shakes? No, no. I saw, I saw Spider-Verse in, like, a, like, a 4D whatever, and, like, it just kind of, your seat vibrated a little bit with the music, which wasn't as intense, because I'm, like, 4D. I'm, like, Avatar The Way of Water in 4D, there better be a Stingray touch tank for me to get in there, you know? I feel like the Bugs Life thing at age 8 left such an impression on me of, like, 4D yeah. means that I'm gonna get lice after leaving the yeah. theater. Like, like, that's what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. So they've got a ways to catch up as far as, like, immersiveness. Like, Dune, I want sand oh my God, in my butt yeah. crack when I leave. <laughs> but I don't. I don't want that. Even the seat vibrating, I was like, I am overstimulated. That's just like, they make vibrators that do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sync it up with the movie. <laughs> yeah, why are you paying to go see this when you can just do this at home? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go Bugs Life because I really like that movie. Uh, next one. The King's Speech or Friday the 13th? I feel like The King's Speech was one of those ones that I watched because it won an Oscar. Yeah. And I was like kind of underwhelmed by it. I was like, this is really boring. And I like, understand like the great performance. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, but I feel like Friday the 13th is like culturally far more impactful. So I'll pick that one. Just, you know long-lasting impression, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'll give it to Friday the 13th. All right, I'll go Friday the 13th for this week, then. Uh, next one. The God, Little Mermaid. Don't say it like we bully you. No, I just, I was like, <laughs> because I have to. Gosh, I guess, you guys. <laughs> uh, next one is The Little Mermaid, The Italian Job, or The Lion King. Okay, well, two two Disney Renaissance classics and a Mark Wahlberg movie. Um, I'll have to go with The Lion King. I feel like, even though I definitely watched The Little Mermaid a lot growing up, Mermaid 1 and 2 were definitely heavy on the VCR rotation. I feel like just mm-hmm. as a as a plot-driven whatever, like, The Lion King is doing more for me as an adult, I feel, than The Little Mermaid would. And Elton John. You can't beat it. Um, yeah, I'm also going to have to jump on the train with Dara here and say The Lion King. Yeah, I'm definitely going to say Lion King. Um, I listened to this podcast, not to plug other podcasts, but it's called uh, Disorder, and it's all the Disney animated um, movies. Like, they analyze them, and like sometimes they take, like, three hours to analyze these movies. Which and is crazy, because they're, like, 85-minute right. films. And you've um, told me about this before. They're all, like, former Disney employees, right? Yeah. So they've got, yeah. like, little ins and they tidbits, got- which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I just listened to one on The Lion King, and it was uh, really good. Uh, next one, The Green Mile. Or the Shawshank Redemption? Ooh, I, Shawshank is an objectively better movie, but I never... It's like a short story or something. It's not like a full-length book, but I definitely read The Green Mile, like, in seventh grade, which was, like, a little... Fucked. Like, yeah, a little <laughs> fucked. And, like, that book really left an impression on me. I was in, like, a, definitely a Stephen King phase where I read, like, Misery, Carrie, Green Mile, all, like, during SSR. Um I don't know. I, I liked, I really liked the book, I remember, and I honestly don't remember the movie having too big of an impact on me. I think I just watched it, like, right after I'd finished the book. Would you always have that experience of, like, oh, the book was better? Like, duh. Of course it was. Um, <laughs> but I'll pick Shawshank, just because I feel like that's a better movie. I'm also gonna pick Shawshank here, because I remember seeing, like, 
the electrocution scene where like the what is it where the sponge isn't wet like at a too young of an age and that shit reeked me the fuck out so like green mile is not something i really ever want to watch um yeah so i'm gonna (laughs) stick with shawshank on this one that was sam rockwell who didn't wet the sponge yes oh shit Yeah. yeah I think that's probably the first Sam Rockwell media I ever saw in my life. So that certainly, like, got me off on kind of a weird foot with him. Um, I would say Shawshank also. And I thought, I always thought it was just Shawshank Redemption, but it's The Shawshank the. Redemption. So, um, but definitely one of the best movies. Very, very good movie. Um, next one. Big Hero 6 or Elmo and Grouchland? Um, although I was an Elmo and Grouchland girly, I think, again, like, as an adult, which one would I rather watch right now? Definitely Big Hero 6. That's one of those, like, kids movies that, like, hits some really emotional themes. My One of my really good friends just had a baby, and she said she's been watching through all the Disney movies just to, like, pick and choose which one she's gonna let her, like, very, very young kid watch. And she was like, dude, Big Hero 6 had me, like, depressed for days. And I was like, yeah. That movie is doing the most, like, emotional labor. Like, if you're six and you're watching that, that's devastating. But as an adult, I loved it. Mm. I've never seen it. Um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of those sort of animated movies, like, that are, like, geared towards kids, but, like, also there for adults to watch. Um, So I'm going to go for Elmo and Grouchland on this one. Um, I did love Elmo and Grouchland, I'm not gonna lie, but, uh, I am also a huge Big Hero 6 fan, so I'm gonna say that. Um, next one, The Dark Knight or The Matrix Reloaded? Oh my god, I just watched The Matrix Reloaded the other night because I had, um, said on this podcast that I needed to reevaluate my opinions on the sequels, so I watched number two, um, just to, like, see how I felt about it, and honestly, not good. The the cultural criticisms are correct. The sequels do not hold up in the way that the first one does. Um, but you know what does? The Dark Knight. Those movies are perfection. I'm kind of iffy on Christopher Nolan. Like, it's usually a little too war. It's a little too bro-y. It's a little too, like, male manipulator movies for my taste usually. But, like, the, the Christopher Nolan Batmans hit so fucking hard. Yeah. Yup. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only super movie, superhero movies that I like, so I'm also going to go for big... Uh, not God. What is it? The Dark Knight? <laughs> yeah, The Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, next one is The Princess Bride or The Big Lebowski? Oh, um, I'm going to say The Big Lebowski, although I feel like that will be kind of controversial. I know The Princess Bride is like revered as like a cult classic ultimate, but like just something about Steve Buscemi bowling. Like, come on, you know me. I love it. Yeah. True. Um, I'm going to go for The Princess Bride on this one, though. Yeah, same. I think you guys should totally do Princess Bride at some point. I'm shocked we haven't. I'm surprised you haven't, too. A lot of times I'll hear a movie and I'll think I'm surprised that you didn't do it. Uh, Next one. Saving Private Ryan or Goodwill Hunting? Oh, my God. I hate both of these. Um, I'm going to say Saving Private Ryan because, you know, it's undeniable that that opening sequence is pretty iconic and, you know, worthy of all the praise it gets. Whereas Goodwill Hunting, I just find so annoying all parts of it. I keep getting on my TikTok that scene where they're at the bar and Ben yep, Affleck. I just and, saw that. And it just keeps popping up on my TikTok. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to see Ben Affleck, like joshing it with some guy at the bar who's gonna be an asshole and then Matt Damon steps in he's like well actually I know quantum physics like oh my god shut the fuck up 
Yeah, I just don't need to see Matt Damon being toxic. There's nothing about that that appeals to me. I don't need to see um, Matt Damon ever. <laughs> yeah. I do like a good war movie, though, so I will go for Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, same. I'll go for Saving Private Ryan. He has a su- such a small part in that, so he can't be Yeah, toxic. exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, next one. Silver Linings Playbook or Life of Pi? I haven't seen either of these movies, actually. But I will say I believe in the power of a CGI tiger over the potential chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. So (laughs) I will give it They do have really good chemistry, though. They were like, they became like, you know how like, Leo and Kate Winslet like did like a handful of movies like together after Titanic and everything like that. They sort of did that where they became like movie partners for a while. Um, oh, was he an American Hustle too? He, yeah, he was an American yeah, Hustle. Yeah. They did this one called it's like Selena or something like that together. Oh. Sienna Sierra, I don't know. It's like it, yeah, it's like the logging industry in like the eighteen nineties or some shit. Um. But I really like American, not American Hustle. What is it? Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. So I'll give it to that. Yeah, that's one that I read and watched. So oh, it's a book. Yeah, it's a pretty good book. Next one, Toy Story Two or Stuart Little Two. Stuart is Stuart Little Two the one where they do the boat race and he gets in the boat and it's like the RC boat and like it's really dramatic because he's in it. I think so. I'm still going to pick Toy Story 2, but <laughs> Stuart Little 2, I feel like we got to cover, cover Stuart Little 1, because we've done almost all of Gina Davis's, like, big hit True. discography on this podcast. I feel like we just got to round it out with Stuart Little. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Um, uh, yeah, I'll give it to Toy Story 2. Okay, yeah, so will I. I'll give it to Toy Story. Alice in Wonderland, like the Tim Burton one, or A Knight's Tale. Oh, A Knight's Tale. If you're giving me a Heath Ledger versus a non-Heath Ledger movie, I'm picking the Heath Ledger movie. And Heath Ledger is one of the few people that, as a blonde man, still can get it. I I feel like, did I say this last time or did I tweet about it? How in that new tennis movie starring Zendaya that they've got, it's like going to be like Zendaya's a tennis star and she's like in a love triangle. And she's got my boy Mike Face who like ends up being mm. her husband. But he's like... he. Top 10 celebrity crush of all time. And they made him fucking blonde. They put an earworm in my brain and found out how to piss me off specifically by making this man blonde. I'm so upset. I can't even look at him anymore. I'm sick. I'm sick. But Heath Ledger looks fine as a blonde, so I'm, I'm here for it. Maybe because is that his natural hair color? I feel like it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. That's it why. works. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go... I haven't seen A Knight's Tale, so I will go for Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you should totally watch A Knight's Tale. It's so good. It's a good. goodie. Um, and you would really like it. Um, but that is it for three-word movies, chocolate or vanilla. Love Amazing. <laughs> Stunning. Um, as always, Jen, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. All right. I love you guys. Have an awesome night. Bye. Bye. But so, do you have a preferred hair color on our titular role of Howl? Because he rocks the three. Uh-huh. He's got the big three. Yeah. And I feel like they're all, like, uniquely different. Almost as if, like, I feel like he becomes a different person with each hair color. So, I, do you, well, like, do you have a preference? I wish we got to see more of him. Redhead! Yeah. <sighs> we got it for, like, maybe a minute. 
screen time wise, and that was it. But I think I like black hair, Howell, honestly. I think the blonde is like, I don't know, like if he's going to be like the emo boy, like be the emo boy with the black hair. Right? I also feel like we get that insight that he had black hair as a kid. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, that's his, like, na- or, like, it's, like, raven. It's almost, yeah. like, dark blue, yeah, almost. Yeah. But he had that, like, he had that dark hair as a child when we see the flashback, mm-hmm. and so then we know that the blonde is, like, very much a facade. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are, what are you hiding from? Yeah. But, like, I've been there, you know? We've all, we've all dyed our hair and, and regretted it, and we've all dyed our hair and embraced it. And he was feeling the blonde. He was not feeling the red, which, honestly, I'm like, why are you throwing a fit? You look pretty fire. Yeah. He looks like, um, you know the guy from Ponyo? Yeah. Like, the sea wizard yeah. guy from Ponyo? I'm like, it's giving, it's very much giving yeah. that, which I, I definitely liked. And then I think I have to agree with you. I do like dark hair. Because mm-hmm. also, when he turns into a bird, he's like, his. it's the same as his hair right? color throughout. So before, was, was the bird blonde? Or was know. he just a blonde man in a dark bird body? That's the question. That's the big question. I, because I feel like I, I need to you to tell me about this, and I need your perspective. Because I feel like I'm just missing out on this, and I don't know why my brain isn't doing the thing that everyone else's brain is doing. But what is it about Howell that makes you so thirsty for him? Because I know it's the Christian Bale voice, and I know he's like... He's like a little femboy and everything like that. And I know he's got the lines like, that's my girl. Or there's one, there's one where he goes, Calcifer, you're being so obedient. <laughs> okay, men. You know what women want? Women want draft dodging, breakfast cooking, bird transforming warlocks who dress like fucking Versace clowns. The waistcoat and the blonde bangs that he cares so much about. He's just the most- You're not buying it? He's just so- he's just toxic. And I get it. I get it. He physically does not have a heart. Like, of course he's gonna be emo and toxic and all that shit. Well, this is literally the case of, like, you know when the best woman you know, the best person you know, starts dating the most awful man, and you're like, I cannot conceive how he possibly pulled you, because you are just, like, such a a loving, giving, Mm -hmm. amazing human being, and he just is a piece of shit, and they, like, for some reason, like, they date for, like, five years, and you're like, oh my god, and he's nothing but awful, (laughs) and she is nothing but just, like, a beam of light into the world. I feel like that is what this movie is representation for couples like that. Yeah. Where, like, the guy fucking sucks, but, like, is hot, and mm-hmm. the girl is, like, a fucking amazing person yeah. and puts up with all his bullshit. Like, Mother like, Teresa that's... reincarnated. <laughs> Do we want to get into our fucking marrying and killing discussion? Yeah, so who do we think are our big three? Do we think it's, like, Sophie just as an entity, Howell, and then do we want to say, like, can Calcifer? Yeah. Can we put Calcifer yeah, in there? Yeah, I want Calcifer in Cause there. Because I feel like these are, like, the four core family members minus Markle because he's seven. Yeah. Um, Although I would I would, ad- I would, adopt. I would let Markle be my apprentice even though I don't have anything to teach him. But he's so silly goofy. He's a precocious child that I admit. Because I think if you're a precocious child that can do magic, I let it go because uh-huh. at least it's, like, yeah. fun and yeah. silly. It's not just, like... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to... Mary Calcifer. Yep. 
I, I, I can't even say for obvious reasons, because I don't know that everyone will understand that. But I feel like you should. Um, I do. Yeah, you get it, right? Uh, I think we'd be uh, yeah. extremely happy together. I'm gonna... Hmm. I'm gonna fuck Sophie. Like, at the end when she has that, like, silver hair and everything like that. Um... Even as an old woman, I still think she could hit. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would any time, but um, when she has that, when she has that old woman confidence, like yeah. pre pre old lady Sophie, no, absolutely not. Can't do it. Post, yes, um, because and then I'm gonna kill Howell um, because I wouldn't want to fuck him. I feel like it would be the worst dick I'd ever get in my life. Okay, well, I disagree. I'm gonna fuck Howell. <laughs> but I'm here for Howell. I'm gonna marry Sophie. And unfortunately, I'm gonna have to kill Calcifer. I love... I mean, it, who's a better person? Sophie or Calcifer? Sophie's gonna take care of me. Calcifer, he... I wanna let him be free. I wanna let him be a stardust in the wind. See, I wanna be stardust with him. I mean, out of the whole movie, I'm gonna kill the guys who tried to pester her in the alleyway. Yeah. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill Sophie's mom. Cause she, or wait, I already said I was gonna kill. I'm gonna kill three people. I'm gonna kill the guys in the alleyway. I'm gonna kill Sophie's mom. And then I'm also gonna kill Howell's, Howell's teacher. Yeah. How- a bitch lady. Uh. <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna kill the guy who's, the ginger guy who started the war. The king. Yeah. I'll kill him too. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck the king. I'm gonna kill... The goop monsters. Oh. Because <laughs> um, they definitely... Specifically the ones when they were flying and they were being, like, pooped out by the ship. You know what I mean? The way that they got unloaded, it was literally like they were getting shat out of the <laughs> ship. I was like, I don't like that at all. Can I fuck the castle? Can I fuck yes. the moving castle? And then I'm gonna marry... Um, I guess I'll marry Sophie. Yeah. She is gonna take care of me. I was really, I was really considering saying her sister, who, by the way, um, another Hunger Games, um, actress voices her, um, Miss Jenna Malone, who plays, um, fuck, uh, why can't I think of her name? Um, Joanna Mason, thank you, yes. What are you gonna eat and drink with this? I'll go first, because mine's, like, a super softball. Mm-hmm. There's the amazing scene where they eat the breakfast, and they cook the breakfast on Calcifer, and it's just so fucking gratifying yeah. in the way that all Miyazaki films are so gratifying with the food scenes. But so they do the eggs and the bacon. But I'm gonna say, like, you don't need just the... It, they do eggs, bacon, bread, and I'm like, let's take it to, like, a 21st century sort of I-need-a-very-homey breakfast situation, and I think you do a tater tot breakfast bowl you make you instead of like hash browns you make tater tots like just you know a rough handful and you put them you know in a bowl and then you can do a fried egg some bacon just like the meat of your choice i'm a bacon girly if you can make hollandaise to put on the tater tots like that's fire but i'm not gonna blame you if you can't because that's a lot of effort but just Mm. like maybe some melted cheese but you just Put all the good breakfast shit in with tater tots. And you just, like, jab yeah. that shit up with two forks. And then you just have this, like, beautiful homogenized bowl of, like, maybe saute some onions in there. Mm. Some cheese, some bacon, some egg. Just whatever with tater Ooh. tots. And super crispy. Like, make sure they're super crispy. Mm. 
And that's breakfast. That's like, breakfast. that's breakfast, baby. Because you can make a little breakfast skillet, but I'm not a fan of cooking, like, my eggs and my bacon and everything together. Because mm. I just feel like you got to time it differently. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't really... You can't do but it, like, put it, everything... Cooking in, the eggs in the bacon grease, though, is fire. It's fire, but you just got to time it right. And I'm always more yeah. like, I use the little egg pan. I don't know. It's just baby like, pan. Too st- it's too stressful for me to try to time it all together. So I'm like, I'd rather make everything separately and then just, like, mash it all into a bowl together. So you do a little tater top breakfast bowl. And I don't even really know if this goes, but... So I looked up, like, Howl's Moving Castle cocktail, but then I mm-hmm. found somebody, like, or a restaurant that had made an entire cocktail menu, and Ooh. they called it a Studio Gimlet. Okay. Like, Studio Ghibli, yeah. like, Studio Gimlet, which I liked, but... Gimlet is lame, but I feel like Sophie, old lady, T, mm-hmm. Howl, Twink, fizzy f- drink, fizzy fancy yes, drink. So yes. you do a little a little gin fizz mm-hmm. and a little gimlet glass, but you do a chamomile infused gin. So you just put a few chamomile tea bags in your gin mm-hmm. for like however long before you do it. So you do chamomile gin and then some prosecco and some lemon juice. You drink it in a little. Well, um, like a, a gimlet glass, and you put maybe like a little, you know, a little lemon twist or something, whatever, whatever you're feeling. But it feels very like a bit of Howl, a bit of Sophie, mm-hmm. and a bit of the studio. Yeah. Um, I don't think that goes with a breakfast bowl, but probably not. But you know, what are you gonna do? Um, so I also kind of went for vibes with my drink and based it off of that. <laughs> Um, cause there's not a lot of like food references really in this movie and like, um, but so I found this yuzu cocktail basically, um, which is like sort of, if you don't know what yuzu is, it's just another form of citrus. I'd say like somewhere between a lemon and an orange. Yeah, basically. But so it's essentially, um, you use the juice of one whole yuzu, um, two ounces of gin, um, a couple of dashes of vanilla extract. Um, a little simple syrup, um, some orange bitters, and then, like, club soda. I would personally use, like, just regular seltzer, seltzer. or just maybe Prosecco. Um, that sounds fire. The vanilla. Right? The addition of vanilla always fucks me up. Like, I got a cocktail fairly recently that tasted like, um, like a pound cake, right? And it was because it was, like, mm-hmm. lemon and vanilla yeah. together. And I was like, oh, my God. It was, like, mm-hmm. vanilla vodka and, like, lemon and something. I was like, why does this taste like a breakfast pastry? Yeah. So, yeah, the addition of vanilla, was, like, a cream soda kind of vibe. Uh, hot. Always wild. Hot. That sounds really good. And then right? um, what are you eating? Um, So I did kind of latch on to the idea of pork because of the bacon and the breakfast mm. scene. Um, but I didn't want to do breakfast, um, but I still wanted something, like, kind of simple and kind of, um, but, like, homey. Um, something that you could make a little spicy, because I figured you'd throw a little bit of calcifer in there. Um, so I'd say do, like, a, you do, like, a sort of spicy pork belly taco, I think would be really good. Mm. So, yeah, or just, like, your preferred kind of pork, but, like, pork belly sounds good to me. Mm. I'm never like brave enough to make pork belly at my house. Me but whenever I have it at a restaurant, it's really good. Yeah. But I feel like a, a nice like spicy pork taco is like very like comfort food homey. And this movie like also makes me exactly. feel like I'm being wrapped up in a big hug. Like I want like a nice exactly. like comfort food. So definitely I, I vibe with the taco. Word. And then what are you gonna follow this up with? Um, I recently decided to put my movie subscription to use. Um, and I watched Tilda Swinton in Orlando very recently. 
Um, and it was really giving the same gender bendy vibes as Howl. Um, so I think you keep the ball rolling and you watch that. And it's also like leaps and bounds through time and space, not space, but like, you know what I mean? Same idea. So I I think that'd be an excellent follow up. Interesting. I've never heard of that movie in my life. I'll have to peep into it. I mean, you know what Orlando, like, you know Orlando though. Bloom? No. Oh no. It's, um, Virginia Woolf wrote it. It's like Virginia Woolf's like magnum opus and it follows essentially a man, um, through like he he basically doesn't age and at one point he ends up kind of like switching genders and becomes a woman and then like it spans like 400 or so 500 years kind of thing and he just lives these like lifetimes yeah i've literally never heard of this yeah. sounds really cool though it's i'll have to dope. check it out but i said so my first thought was like sophie old the beach that makes you old but then i'm like that That movie fucking sucks so i'm like no but then i was like okay what's another like similarly concepted film and it's like okay the curious case of benjamin button Mm. so i'm like you could go that route but ultimately i'm gonna pivot in my final suggestion at the beginning of this film sophie just starts fucking trekking up a mountain for no reason other than that she has a fucking premonition that it will get her what she wants and you know who else does that Stanley Yelnats in the movie Holes. Hell yeah. So, she starts Stanley Yelnatsing the fuck up <laughs> that mountain, and I'm like, I could give me some holes right now. Like, I could do with a little holes. So, I just think, after another, like, very comfort movie that I love, it's not too long, it makes me feel all the good, warm feels, it's just fantastic. You don't want to follow up with a movie that's worse, you know? And mm-hmm. I would say that this is on par. I would say they're about the same to me. So yeah. you do House Movie Castle, and then you fucking watch Holes, man. Okay. I love the movie Holes. And then you go listen to, I think it's like the third episode we ever did on this podcast. Yeah. We covered the movie Holes, which honestly, I would I don't go back and I don't listen to them because mm-hmm. I'm too embarrassed. But like if you ever go listen to our old shit and you like think it's cringe i don't blame you like i'm i probably think it's cringe too or if you're like these opinions are updated like yeah it was two years ago man i'm a different person now (laughs) um but anyways emily what would you give this movie out of 10 i'm gonna give it a nine this movie's so good it is really good i think i'm gonna give it an eight and a half probably Mm. um just because i like i said um when we started the episode i think that the storylines continues to lose me a little bit every time i rewatch it and I've just watched it like a lot um, in the last year. I've probably watched this is probably the third time I've watched it in like oh my god a year. Well, I like to watch it with people. You know what I mean? That's true. I'll never say no to putting it on. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs>